This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Several years ago, my wife and I decided to spend a couple days of our honeymoon in Estes Park, Colorado, uh, one of uh, uh, my favorite places on earth growing up. And I was so excited to spend a couple glorious days hiking in the Rockies. And I thought, well, maybe I could even get in just a little <laughs> bit of fishing. You know how that goes. I do. But we made a huge mistake. Well, it wasn't a huge mistake. It was just that we got married on June 11th. And by the time we arrived at Estes Park, just a few days later, it's still June 15, 16. That is not the time to hike in the high country. Uh, we went And to why the, would you even be hiking anyway during your <laughs> yeah, honeymoon? Yeah, that's right. During the day. Yes, during the day. Yes. <laughs> well, we got to the trailhead where we were going to hike and uh, walked uh, maybe 100 yards, and there was snow. That's oh, my. And we That's classic. Yeah, and I realized, you know what? Vacationing, growing up, we were always in Estes Park in Colorado in late July. But uh, early June, we ended up there at really at a hiking dead zone. I mean, it was just a time when there was there were just no opportunities to hike to the places we wanted because they were full of snow. And, and as I've thought about that, Dave, I've thought there's... There's fly fishing dead zones, aren't there? Absolutely. And if you're just starting out fly fishing and you hit these dead zones, like first time you go out, second time you go out, and you don't really understand the whole dead zone concept, you are going to get discouraged really fast. Yeah. And, yep. and so the whole idea of these fly fishing dead zones, I think is basic to really learning to love the sport and understanding yeah. the sport. Yeah. Don't you think? Oh, it really is. So what is a dead zone? We should probably uh, just define that for our, our listeners. Again, yeah, we're, we're trying to hit uh, you know, new fly fishers here. So what's a dead zone? So a dead zone is that time of year or time of day when no matter how good you are, you are not going to catch fish <laughs> yeah. because it is a, quote, dead zone. Yes. It doesn't mean you might not catch one fish if you're like a rock star fly fisher. Right. Mm -hmm. But in general, the fish yep. aren't going to be rising. They're not going to be hitting. The river might be blown out. And so it's really important, I think, to know when the dead zones are and to work your schedule around the dead zones. Exactly. Yeah. Dead zones are there when the conditions are wrong. I mean, just like trying to hike in the high country, in the Colorado Rockies in, in June, when there's a lot of snow, uh, conditions just aren't right. So let's do this, Dave. Why don't we talk, first of all, about the seasons? We'll just kind of go through the year. We'll start in winter and just talk about some of the major dead zones. So I guess the first one would be the dead zone of winter. I think this is obvious. I think, you know, if you're just starting out and you're fly fishing in December, January, and February, you may struggle to catch fish because it because the fish are not going to be feeding like they are in the spring or in the summer right or 
um, spawning like they are in the spring or spawning like they are in the fall. So it's, it is a dead zone. It doesn't mean you can't catch fish. Right. And I know there are a lot of you veterans out there that are going to say, you know, some of my best times in the winter because nobody's out in the river. And, this, mm-hmm. and I get that. Right. But in general, we're talking about in yeah, general. In general. I remember a friend of ours, Dave Hansen, a good fly fisher. Uh, we fished a lot together in Montana. Uh, he used to say, uh, that a bright sunny day in February is the worst day for fly fishing, and I tend to agree with him. <laughs> That's been my experience. So let's just give, let me just give a caveat. I had my one of my best days on the river with Dave Hansen on February 28th. That's right. And the snow was falling. We and that's fished. the key. Yeah. yeah, the snow was falling. In fact, we got stuck in the parking lot. It was at the Bear Trail. What's that fishing yeah, access? Yeah, thing? Warm Springs. Warm Springs fishing, fishing access. In fact, we drove yep. the van until we got stuck. And we said, you know what? We'll worry about this later. <laughs> yeah. We hiked up, and there was midge, the midge hatch going on. Yeah. And we just hooked into rainbow yep. after rainbow and brown after brown. So there are exceptions to That's the That's a good point. Yeah, we're, we're talking in general, but... Yeah, you can get some uh, you can get some good days or times during these dead zones. You never know. So yeah, that's one of them. January, February. Fortunately, those aren't the most fun days to be out in the water anyway. Uh, but uh, you'll you'll hit it. You know, March, April, those May, those are great months in the spring. But then. But you, why are they great months? They're great months because uh, the fish really start feeding. You start getting, you know, insect hatches happening with a little bit more force. Uh, you, you have spawners, you know, the rainbows are, are spawning and, and yeah, weather conditions, water conditions are just right too, that the fish are really starting to, uh, to feed with, uh, a lot more aggressively. Yeah. They just, yep. they're starting to move. Yep. Well, then you get the dead zone of June. Uh, again, depends on your place where you're fishing, but, uh, a lot of times June can be a dead zone. Why is that Dave? Well, I think, uh, for me, things start to heat up, and you start to, at least in the driftless where we fish, there, um, I just think it's, it, things warm up, and there's a lot of vegetation. I have found that once May is over, June and July tend to be dead zones, and um, that's not always true. There are some great mm-hmm. hatches, so yeah. I'm not saying that. We'll yeah. talk about that in a little bit. But at least June often for me is a dead yeah, zone. Right. What about you? Why yeah, is it dead zone thing. for you? I mean, high water. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking primarily of the West. But in Montana, you know, the rivers are still blowing out. And even if they come back, uh, even once they're, they're crystal clear, they're still running high enough that uh, you, you just don't see you know, the, the kind of dry fly activity that you have. Nymphing is, is more challenging just because of the... You know the the speed of, of the the current and and then wading is the tough. runs are really yeah. different at that point. Yeah. By the way, you can also get the river blown out in May, right? Right. Oh, so yeah. I mean, there's some dead zones there as yeah. well. But in fact, the Mother's Day caddis hatch, uh, usually on the Yellowstone by Mother's Day, uh, the the fishing is has been over for yeah. a couple it's days. Blown out. It's yeah. blown yeah. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now in the driftless in southeast Wisconsin. I'm sorry, southwest Wisconsin, southeast Minnesota. That's a little bit different. We've, we've had some days in, especially in Wisconsin, where by June, you know, some of those uh, spring hatches seem to be over. And I don't know, the, the grass gets really high. The, the, the water's down a little bit. And surprisingly, uh, 
Yeah, those just aren't good days either. I, I think if you want to dry fly fish there, I think it's harder. I think uh, when I've done well in June there, it's usually nymph fishing. It's usually I'm drifting a woolly bugger and dropping a San Juan mm -hmm. worm. That's yeah. pretty much the only thing that I found that works. Yep. I know that some of you veterans around that area will say, well, there's this hatch and that hatch. But you have to be, you have to live there right. and know exactly, yep. you have to hit mm -hmm. it just right. Right. Now, that brings us to, uh, we're, we're kind of moving through the summer. Uh, to me, one of the prime times to fish is mid-July through uh, well, even the end of August. That's just an incredible time. But still, there's dead zones there, aren't there? Uh, now, one of the dead zones is the crowds create dead zones. Yes, that's a good point. So uh, you see the lower Madison really starts to get crowded with, you know, yep. the the inner tube hatch you call it <laughs> yes, people floating right. down there yeah. the gallatin is just packed all the fly shops are guiding people that's when people go out on vacation yep. that can be a dead zone i think it's a dead zone because there's so much pressure on the water mm -hmm. you have to really work hard to find good spots you now do. there are there is good fishing there's grasshoppers yeah. during that right. time mm -hmm. there's hatch in the evenings but there's dead zones too because of heat absolutely that's, that's, the that's true in fact the restrictions in montana uh, right yeah now. right now in montana here here we go again you know last year they had the big kill in in, in the yellowstone river and remember the the river was closed for a few weeks yeah and we were even a little bit nervous thinking well we have an october trip and and how far into the fall is it going to be closed but that heat i know even on the lower madison i mean you you it's really irresponsible to fish after about 10 or 11 in the morning on some of those hot days. Yeah, it really is because yeah. you're catching and releasing and you're just traumatizing those fish, right? Yeah, you right? are. I mean, even if you care, you're mm -hmm. just careful, it's still, it's just too warm. Yep. The river is too warm. Uh -huh. And in the upper Midwest, if you're in Michigan, uh, by then the hex hatch is getting over in, in July. And, and July and August don't seem to be as prime for... Uh, dry fly fishing there. So again, one of our standard answers, if you ask the question, well, how do I figure all of this out is contact the folks at the fly shop and they'll, yeah. they'll tell you, they'll, they'll be honest about the conditions. And, and so anyway, that's, that's just something you have to be aware of, even though the summer months are uh, not that good, or, or, or even though the summer months are terrific. Yeah. You still have to be aware of those dead zones. Now, another one that I, maybe a little bit surprising is September. Yep, September. Yeah, that can be a dead zone. Why is that, Dave? That's because, for starters, it's right before the browns tend to spawn. So the browns tend to spawn a little bit later, usually the 1st of October. We have mm -hmm. found mid-October to be a really a great time on right. Montana. So the browns are not spawning yet. And so the, some of the summer hatches are over. Yeah, There's no BWOs, at least. Yep. On a general, but not every, yeah, occasionally you'll get that hat. Unless you got those uh, real, you know, cool, moist days. I, I've had some great fishing in September on blue wing olives. But otherwise, you remember a few years ago, we it's been more than a decade, we made a trip back to uh, Yellowstone and back to Montana in late September. I do remember and that. We, we hit it just wrong. Just wrong. Completely we, wrong. We were about a week or two early for you know the brown trout really starting to run and and we were we were about a week or two after 
some of those more prolific hatches. Were, and the grasshoppers yeah, were the done grasshoppers for about a month. Were, were yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. The, the caddis weren't coming off like they did. You just didn't have that. And you know, we finally got some decent fishing when we were willing to use uh, uh, streamers. That, that's the other thing. September can be really good with streamers. Yeah, absolutely. But if you want to fish dry flies, uh, again, this this varies. We're, we're talking in generalities here. Uh, this can vary depending on geography, but but September is not always as good as you might think it is. It really begins to pick up again in, in October. End of September, uh, the month of October, as long can as the weather really holds terrific. out. Oh, yeah. it is. And if you got a chance to fish into November, uh, again, some places waters are going to be closed due to spawning. Uh, but wow, if you can hit some of that before winter really hits, that can be fantastic. Yeah, really can, especially because a lot of people are hunting. Yeah, they're out and hunting. A lot of people who fly fish yeah. also hunt, and so they've forgotten about their fly yeah. rod, and they're off. I guess you just need to wear orange. I guess. Yeah, huh? yeah I know it. <laughs> Remember when we went to Yellowstone last year, and we're doing it again this year. We've kind of picked mid-October as a as a time if. Late October can be phenomenal fishing. I've actually had some when I lived in Montana. But here's the deal. You never know whether you're going to get a 50-degree day or whether you're going to get you know, 18 inches of snow. Yep, yep. So you're ready my, for it. And, and really, you can get snow any time. But, but if you go much past mid-October, then you're, you're starting to you know, flirt with a potential big snowfall. You never know. In fact, I remember... When we went to Montana that decade ago in September, I remember we got out of there. I think it was one of the last days of oh, September, yeah. and the snow came the next yes, day, and they actually shut did. down the road yeah. way back up to Tower Fall. Oh, so. I know it. you got to know. You have to know when. So, yeah, then you come back to the, the dead zone that we kind of started with. You get towards the end of November into December. Uh, waters are closed due to spawning. Winter is coming. So uh, that's the season aspect. Again, just be aware of, uh, uh, you know, that there's some times that are better than others. Now, there's times of day, though. Uh, so how about early morning? Uh, would you consider that a dead zone? It is if you're fishing hoppers. Yeah. And uh, obviously the hopper season starts somewhere around mid-July and goes some people say it goes into september i don't know that i've had great hopper fishing into september but yeah. sometimes it does mm -hmm. right right and so if you're fly fishing hoppers i have right. never had a lot of success early in the morning right. so if you're fishing yep. those big patterns at 7 a.m 8 a.m <laughs> yeah. i have found that it tends to be around 10 30 or 11 yeah. things mm -hmm. heat up the right. vegetation heats up and they start to move yep. that's true for dry any dry fly fishing really uh, i mean there's places in Montana where we fish that that I know that you can get some trichos that may come off as early as 10 but boy 10 30 11 kind of seems to be the magic number in fact 11 to 2 is often a great time for uh, dry fly fishing uh, that's where some of those hatches will come off so yeah early morning if if you're nymphing if you're uh, using streamers that's great but if you're dry fly fishing early morning is a dead zone now the afternoon can be a dead zone as well, right? Well, certainly in the summer heat. I think in the spring when we fish in the driftless, we love to fish caddis, you know, from 10 to 2, 10:30 to 2. But once July and in June and July hit, 
they're not hitting at that time of day. At least. Yeah, no, they really are. I mean, I'm sure there are days in which, yeah, it, there's cloud cover, something happens, yep. there's a low that moves in, and something happens where it changes. But in general, the afternoon, especially in the summer, can be a dead zone. It can. Again, exceptions if you're fishing some of the high mountain creeks. Uh, the afternoon is a good time to use attractor patterns, or if you're fishing, uh, you know, hoppers. Uh, I, I've done really well on the Boulder River in Montana, south of Big Timber, uh, up in that drainage uh, in, in the afternoon. But uh, yeah, summer heat's always an issue. Now, what about evening? I think evening's a wild card, right? It's, I agree. It's yeah. either dead or like great. Yes. So you and I recently had a great evening, right? From seven to nine. Yep. I was recently out in Colorado and I, all the advice was don't even get out onto the river until about eight o'clock. So evening can be really terrific, but it also can be a dead zone. Yeah, it can. And something you said earlier before we uh, got on the air here, uh, we were talking about how it's not just times of day and seasons but it's a combination it really is a combination yeah you may have some times of day that are good in uh, spring but they're not going to be so good in summer and well and one example would be that 10 to 2 window is often good in the spring yeah but mm -hmm. in july when lots of sun on the water it's hot out the heat you i doubt you're going to be catching much on dries yeah from 10 to 2. now right. again please don't you know send us a email saying we're wrong because we are wrong there are exceptions yeah. to this we're, we're consistently wrong we're yeah. consistently wrong so yeah. we get that there are exceptions right and but often if and this is especially to 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 newbies because so much of fly fishing so much of content is about the exceptions well you know you should use this and this and yeah i'm using this pattern with you know left-handed fly that you do this way and but for general for general purposes if you're just starting out you need to know some of these the big chunky things right and then you learn the exceptions yeah, later right? that's a good point so the lesson is know your season and their dead zones and also know when those great windows are uh, how do you find it well uh, hopefully our podcast can help with that but uh, go talk to your uh, your local fly shop folks and, and they'll tell you they'll, they'll be very helpful and you'll catch on you'll pick this up I also don't think the lesson is that you shouldn't fish during those dead zones that's because a good point. I mean we fly yeah. fish a lot of, fly fish for a lot of different reasons you know you still want to go out you may want to nymph you think do some streamer fish try a bunch of different things that so the point I don't think the takeaways don't fish during the dead zones right. I do yep. think you need to be really aware of the dead zones yep. and really mm -hmm. understand the seasons in which times a day in which you should fish obviously that means point. knowing the hatches and all that yep. as well but in general there are dead zones and if you're just starting out and you just you want to make sure you're fishing during those windows of time which you have the greatest chance of catching fish absolutely well it's time now for great stuff from our listeners today's comment comes from bill he's a fairly new listener he made this comment on our podcast about getting ready to fly fish and i thought his perspective was an interesting one he says i always rig my rod and even have a fly tied on before i ever leave my car for the river and here are two reasons why Years ago, when I was just getting into fly fishing, my dad and I decided to go fishing in the canoe. After paddling up river for about two hours with the intention of fishing uh, the float back to the car, I pulled my rod out of its tube and went to grab my reel, which was still in the truck a couple miles down river. <laughs> so the first reason I rig up, 
Oh, by the way, I did that, didn't I? Remember I left my reel? Or did I leave my whole rod? It was your reel. Oh, yeah, that was another problem. No, it was my rod and reel. I grabbed all this other stuff. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. your rod and reel, yeah. yeah. Oh. So that was really idiotic. But, yeah, man, Bill's exactly right. That That's a good reason just to rig up because then you know you have it. So he says, the first reason I rig up before I leave is to make sure that yeah. I have everything with me, rod, reel, line, leader, and at least one fly. Ha-ha. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's great. This is interesting, too. He says, second reason for rigging up the car is that one time I put my rod together and was walking to the river with it pointed behind me to prevent breaking the tip off on a tree or something. Yeah, I, I get that. I do that all yeah. the time. Anyhow, Bill says, I had not strung the line through the guides and had a fly in the hook keeper to hold the rod together and was quite disappointed when I got to the river with only half of a fly rod. <sighs> That's correct. The, not great, yeah. but I get it. I totally know. get it. Yes, you do get it, Dave, don't you? <laughs> no, I do too. I've lost a rod tip. Anyway, he says the tip got snagged somewhere along the trail and was never found. <sighs> This is when I was starting in the sport and only had one fly rod, thankfully inexpensive. But it still ruined the day for me. These two experiences have taught me to always rig up at the car. Please go to twoguysinariver.com and comment on this podcast link. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher. And of course, you can visit our website, twoguysinariver.com. We would love for you to follow us on Instagram and Twitter specifically. And we'd love for you to purchase our book on Amazon.com. Yes, we would. Fly Fisher's Book of Lists. Life is short. Catch more fish. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. <laughs>